You're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, which is all about beauty without the BS. If you're interested in how the worlds of beauty and wellness are intertwined, or you're obsessed with daily rituals of skincare and self-care, or you just want to know the latest when it comes to new beauty, this is for you. I'm your host, Sharice Kenyon. Hi there. It's been a while since I did a solo episode, but I felt like this one was a real no-brainer. If you know me at all, you'll know that hormonal acne is a part of my life. Like it or not, each month my hormones show me that they're working, perhaps not in the way that I'd like, by showing up along my jawline and slightly further up my cheeks in the form of spots, pimples, whatever you want to call it. Over the years, I've got used to dealing with them and slowly but surely, I feel like I'm only just now getting to know how my skin works and more importantly, how I can support it. Through countless hours of YouTube videos from the likes of Nayamka Robert Smith, aka LA Beautyologist on Instagram, and Dr. Shireen Idris, I've learned so much about hydration and also how hydration is different to nourishment. While hydration is about adding water to the skin, nourishment is more about oils, which can be confusing in their own right, especially when you're someone who has oily skin or acne-prone skin, like me. When you're out of sync with your skin, you end up seeing your skin as something like you have to control it, which can lead you in many different directions. In reality, however, I realized that only parts of my skin are oily. The other areas are actually, they tend to be pretty dry and sensitive. I didn't realize this before. While I was booking myself in for facials and treatments, some of them painful, and perhaps even some of the people giving me the treatments weren't really considering the sensitivity of my skin. I didn't know that it was. So instead of treating my skin tenderly, it became very much about ridding my skin of oil, like get rid of it, suck it out, um, use all the chemicals you want to dry it out. And what I ended up with often was dry, dull skin. Over the past year, perhaps probably when the pandemic really took hold, I started to think about getting a real skincare routine together. Even though I might appear like I know about lots of products, etc. on you know social media and I've been writing about beauty for so long, it doesn't mean that I've actually found the right routine for me. And in fact, when you get sent so many things, it's really tempting to just try something different, throw that into the routine. And what that often does is break up the routine and your skin has to readjust all over again. So probably the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, let me just take more care of my skin. I'm not going out. I'm not wearing makeup so much. But a few months in, I just started to feel like something was wrong. I felt weird in my skin. I think it was probably November time. We were in another lockdown and while life wasn't as fun as it used to be, I was pretty much used to working from home as I've been working for myself for years. While life was upside down, I thought I was doing, you know, I thought I was doing okay at riding those waves that came with living under lockdown. You know, some days you feel great and you want to be out in nature and other days you just want to stay into the duvet all day. I thought I was handling that. I was doing almost Well, several times a week I was doing at-home workouts, but at the same time I didn't beat myself up when I found myself ordering takeaway a couple of times a week. I had the regular crying sessions I'm sure you're familiar with. I often spoke with my friends about the things we would do, you know, once the pandemic 
let us out from these kind of comfortable cages that we'd made for ourselves. But as the days all started to blur into one, I really started noticing some changes in my skin. I noticed a lot more redness. My skin just looked unhappy. At times, it actually looked kind of angry. Occasionally, I would make an effort to do my makeup, either as a creative outlet or perhaps for an Instagram live. But often, by the time I'd finished putting on my makeup, I would end up feeling quite sad. But, you know, the makeup's on then, so you have to commit to taking that picture or appearing on that live. But as I would sit there, I could feel my face. It was so warm, like the areas where normally I'd get one or two hormonal bumps. They just, my chin, my jaw felt so warm and bumpy and just inflamed. And they were also coming up higher on my cheeks. I began to look at my face. It was kind of like, it was like a join the dots game. I was really upset about it. I didn't understand why it was going crazy. And I kind of went into a state of emergency, which was counterproductive because when you worry more, it affects stress levels, which affects the different chemicals in your body and it affects your hormones. So that led to the acne not going anywhere. So each time I had a period, I'd be like, oh, it's going to go away now. But it didn't. It just stayed there. I wondered if it was my body that was trying to tell me something that, you know, you are not coping in this pandemic. I wondered if it was just a buildup of stress. But also I just started to think about what had changed in my life. At the same time, one of my clients commissioned me to write a piece on maskne. So I contacted two experts, Emma Kamara Cisse and Ashley Wadey. And as their answers came through, I started to view my skin differently. So first of all, what is maskne? According to Ashley Wadey, maskne, which is medically known as acne mechanica, is a skin condition that is brought on by the prolonged wearing of a face mask, otherwise known as PPE. Ashley says visible changes can include redness, blemishes, spots, whiteheads and tender bumps, all of which is what I was experiencing in addition to my usual hormonal bumps. So it was this kind of list of changes that really got me thinking. I'd only recently accepted that I had sensitive skin and it suddenly made sense. While I was not one of those people that had to wear masks for hours on end, thankfully, I still had to wear a mask. You know, whenever I would wear a mask, it would be for around 40 minutes to maybe an hour at a time. And I realized that as somebody with sensitive skin, that's actually quite a long time to subject your skin to something that is causing discomfort. As Ashley explained to me, breathing, talking and sweating with a mask on can cause skin to become inflamed and even raw. The airflow is limited from entering and exiting the mask, which in turn means the skin we usually shed on a daily basis has nowhere to go. Honestly, I felt like my mind was blown. I felt a mixture of relief and sadness because I finally clicked that maybe, possibly, I could get my skin back to my own version of imperfect normality. So I spoke with my friend Emma Kamara Cisse, who is a registered nurse and aesthetician. She suggested that we do a Zoom skin consultation, which was basically a very long catch up. But in there, she gave me so much information and she gave me some real key pointers. One thing she said was to ditch my beloved Paula's Choice BHA 2%. She told me if I could just leave it for a while 
and instead switched my focus to hydration with a capital H. She also told me to stop using oils. And I haven't used an oil probably for about four months now, I think. I was definitely on that team of, um, you know, you'll do your serum, you'll do your toner, your serum, your moisturizer, and top it off with oil. And as we were at home so often, it was easy to do. I was constantly oily. And Emma said to just ditch that. And I think that was a game changer for me. So that along with leaving my Paula's Choice, just, you know, putting it to, to the side for a little bit. Emma told me that while I thought I was doing the right thing by increasing exfoliation, it was actually could be doing more damage to my skin. So Emma put me on a plan that consisted of gentle cleansing twice a day, replenishing hydration, selective use of actives and limited exfoliation. That was about four months ago. Today, my skin has almost zero redness unless it's my time of the month. It feels so much smoother and the amount of active spots has reduced drastically. In fact, they've gone down so much that when I first noticed the spots had gone, something else popped up for me because my skin just felt smoother. So I think I felt a little bit better. But then I looked in the mirror and I saw the type of scarring that I've never experienced before. I had so much scarring. I'm used to scarring. I'm very light-skinned, mixed race. So when I get a scar, it's quite dark. But over time, it does tend to fade. But yeah, once these spots calmed down, so the redness was gone. I felt so much better about that. The heat on my jawline was gone. But I was like, great, now I've got these scars. And one thing that really struck a nerve with, with me was one morning when my husband said he was noticing my eyes again. And I was like, wow. I think it's a combination of two things because I was probably not making as much eye contact while my skin was feeling just so awful and getting me down. But also he was probably less distracted by, you know, that that inflammation that I was experiencing. So I knew that my skin had been through so much. But even though it was kind of getting me down, <laughs> I've been through this before. So I had to admit that I just felt thankful that things were changing and my skin did feel different. And I just had to trust the process. So now I'm more focused on dealing with the scarring and keeping up the hydration. It is slowly going away. It really is. And when I wear makeup, you can barely see anything. You, you don't really see any scarring coming through. It might just be the odd bump. It's it's changed a lot. It's not perfect. But I guess, you know, when you go through something that is so extreme, you appreciate the little things, you know, just that bit more. I'm guessing many of you, once you found out this was a Masni episode, you really want to know about the products. But I will stress, this is what worked for me. Emma, like I said, put me on this kind of regime that really focused on hydrating my skin. So by all means, do your research on all the products that I mentioned, but don't feel like you need to buy them or that you're going to get the same effects. I think more and more I'm realizing we are all so different. So anyway, let's get into the products. Okay, so first up, gentle cleansing. So I used two different cleansers during this time and I still use them now. First up is the CeraVe Hydrating Cleanser for normal to dry skin. This is great for when you just need to cleanse your skin. You don't want to disturb anything else. It doesn't foam, so it actually feels like you're rubbing kind of like a lotion all over your face. 
When you wash it off, your skin just feels soft and ready for whatever's next. On more active days or when I just, I think Emma allowed me to, allowed me to use this when I needed some gentle exfoliation. It's the Neostrata Restore PHA Facial Cleanser. It's an amazing cleanser. It really reminds me of the look and feel of Glossier's Milky Jelly Cleanser. But instead of doing nothing, and I don't mean that in a negative way, re um, Milky Jelly. Instead, it actually works, but it's very, very gentle. It's a, it gently exfoliates and cleanses at the same time. I would use this around three to four mornings a week and use the CeraVe Hydrating Cleanser on the other mornings. But this is definitely one for when you want to kind of like just get a little bit more action in there and layer your hydrating products on afterwards. As I tend to wear makeup, this next product wasn't one that was suggested by Emma, but it's actually one of my favorite oil cleansers. It's the Living Libations Best Skin Ever Seabuckthorn Um I really needed to keep an oil in there for cleansing as part of the new regime because I do not believe any cleanser that promises that it will wash all your makeup off. I, I just don't do that. So for me, it's always an oil first. I would I was gifted this one by algorithm and I would definitely buy it again. It just takes everything off, but it also has this scent that kind of makes you just chill out for a couple of minutes and if you're a fan of doing like a deep facial massage as part of your oil cleanse, this is a great product for that. It takes everything off. So really great if you've been reapplying SPF that day or if like me, you've got the SPF and makeup on top and you really need to get everything off before you actually do your real cleanse. So most times after using the living libations, I would then follow up with the Neostrata cleanser to remove all traces of oil and makeup. The next choice is something I've never really been into toners, but I'm on my second bottle of Paula's Choice Skin Balancing Pore Reducing Toner with Niacinamide. And I like it. I can't really tell you what it does. I think it just sets the tone, um, no pun intended, um, for what's coming next. And as it has niacinamide in it, that is a crucial ingredient at reducing inflammation and redness. And I think that's become key for me. I first discovered how good niacinamide was for me when I first got into using Glossier Super Pure and I've just ordered some more of that this week actually but yeah that really that was the first product I could see results of how much calmer my skin was. Next up it's La Roche-Posay's Tolerian I think I'm pronouncing that correctly it's the Ultra 8 Daily Soothing Concentrate Honestly, I cannot say enough about this super light spray. It is perfect for super sensitive skin and gives an instant dose of soothing hydration. I've been using the same 100ml bottle for, for around four months and I'm only halfway through it despite the fact that I use it every single day, twice a day. It's great for giving a hydrating layer in between products and you can spritz it over your makeup too. The second I feel even the tiniest bit of irritation, this is my first go-to. Honestly, this stuff is amazing. Another option is the Ordinary Marine Hyaluronics. It's labeled as a hydration support. And I use that basically when I when the La Roche-Posay's Tolerian isn't nearby. They're both just as good as each other. They both do the same job, giving me gentle hydration in between layers. It looks like a bottle of water, so just be careful. It's easily spillable. 
But yeah, love this. And to be honest, I would layer that with a Tullerian as well. They're just two ingredients that are just going to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Next up is my Dermatica prescription, which honestly I had to fight for. I tried Dermatica, I think, I don't know, a good, maybe a year ago, eight months ago, and I thought it was okay. But when I had my consultation with Emma, she said, go back to Dermatica and ask them to put you on tretinoin. So that's what I put in my notes. I said, that's what I wanted. And they told me, no, you don't need it. What you need is benzoyl peroxide. And Emma was like, no, you can take benzoyl peroxide anytime. What you want from them is the tret. So yeah, there was a few emails back and forth and I was about to skip. I won't lie. I was about to ditch Dermatica and go to my skin and me because I've heard so many good things about it. But again, Emma told me to push Dermatica to get the tret because she knew that that would be the key ingredient to get to the heart of my acne. They finally said yes. I don't know if it was because of a cost issue. Dermatica is, you know, it's 20 pounds a month. It's really good value for money. And I wondered if they just didn't want to give me the tretinoin because my prescription altogether is tretinoin, niacinamide and clindamycin. So I was really wondering, like, maybe they just don't want to give it to me. So I was thinking, I'm going to skip. I'm going to go to Skin and Me. But thankfully, they finally listened to me. And I'm I'm really grateful. I think this has made a big difference. I try to use it three times a week now, but I want to build up my tolerance to maybe have it four, four nights a week. I layer it over the Tolerian or the Ordinary Hyaluronics, and then I'll use Bioderma Sensibio Light on top. And ne- the next morning, my skin is always smoother. It's always calm, and it's always got more of a glow to it. So it was worth fighting for that prescription. <laughs> So one of the few actives that Emma sort of brought into my routine after a few weeks, I think the initial focus was on let's get the inflammation down and let's focus on hydration. But a few weeks in, she advised me to try azelaic acid. So I bought the Paula's Choice 10% azelaic acid booster. I've seen so many people talking about this on Instagram. Some people, some skin influencers use it and... When I was first using it, I do have a tendency to be a little bit heavy handed with products, but with this one, I would know about it because it caused kind of like tingling around my, just around my lips. So since then, I only use it on the areas that really need it. And those areas are the areas of scarring. So it's often around my chin and my cheeks. I try not to go too close to the lips. I've always heard that it's not a quick fix, but it's something I'm committing to. I think I probably use it two or three times a week at the most. Azelaic acid is known for its antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory benefits and is ideal for anyone dealing with inflammation and scarring. But yeah, you should definitely know it's going to take some time to work. For some extra hydration at night on top of any products that are, you know, doing a little bit more work, so the my Dermatica prescription for instance I'll use the Bioderma Sensibio Light Soothing Cream and it's been a real eye-opener for me again before I started this journey I was on the nourishment path so I was using heavier creams like the Dr. Jart Ceramidin which felt so good but I soon realized that's not the hydration that I need I need more sort of water-based and lighter products So the Bioderma Sensibio Light Soothing Cream moisturizes my skin and I have no fear that I'll 
feel clogged up the next day. Another Bioderma product that I love and I buy it on repeat is the Hydra Bio Gel Creme. I use this every day. I love it. I don't think I'm going to stop buying this because one thing I also learned from this routine is um, like when something's working, why would you stop? It's taken me so long to just feel a little bit comfortable again. I'm not going to keep switching in new moisturizers. This is me for the day now. It's perfect for right now as well because the weather's warming up and it's very light and hydrating. So it's definitely a winner for me. It's great under makeup and it just gives me the hydration that I need when I layer it amongst all the other products that I've mentioned. The other kind of active, more active involved product that I use very sparingly is, as I mentioned earlier, when Dermatica mentioned benzoyl peroxide. I use the Acne Side Face 5% Gel. It's a tiny tube and I think that's a good idea because it's so tiny, it kind of encourages you to use it sparingly. I've noticed over the past few months of using these different products in this new regime that I need to learn where my sweet spot is, like not what other people say works for them. What is my sweet spot when it comes to how often I use products? With this Acne Side, I think less is more for me. Um, right now I'm probably using it not even once a week. It's maybe like more like once every 10 days because it really dries out my skin. It makes my skin peel. So it's definitely, you kind of, for me anyway, I've kind of had to plan when I use it. So if I use the Dermatica Tretinone on a Monday night, I wouldn't be using the benzoyl peroxide maybe till the Wednesday or Thursday night. And then after that, I probably wouldn't use anything that's active until a couple of nights later. With this approach, I'm learning bit by bit that my skin can A, look amazing, B, can recover from maskne and the scarring that followed, and C, it requires a soft, steady approach. And I think the most interesting part of that sentence is the fact that I said I am learning because I think that far too often influencers and enthusiasts are preaching that they have found the way to deal with various skin conditions but we are all so, so different. And I think that at some point, the skincare industry will really exploit this. It's so easy to go to YouTube or Instagram. You know, I mentioned YouTube early on in this episode for finding information, but the information and understanding you can gain by talking to a professional could make all the difference between those sad skin days and happier times. So basically what I'm saying, this is my opinion and what worked for me. Before I close this up, I just wanted to share some of Emma's do's and don'ts when it comes to Mastney. Do use plain gentle cleansers twice a day. Don't over cleanse. Twice a day is more than enough. Do moisturize the skin every day. Don't reuse your masks. Cloth masks must be washed daily and if not possible, opt for disposable options. Do apply SPF daily. Don't listen to Gwyneth. Don't wear heavy makeup under masks as this can cause further congestion in the skin. Do limit exfoliation to two to three times a week. Don't continue to wear your mask if it's wet. I can't think of anything worse personally. But this is an indication that the mask is now ineffective and will only boost growth of harmful microbes on your skin. And finally, do consult a medical professional to treat an infection or unresolved skin concerns. Thanks so much for listening. 
Do please share this episode if you think it could help someone dealing with Masni right now. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast and feel free to slide into the DMs. Do please like, subscribe and review. It really helps Beauty Me be seen.